I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. We're here for you. All the time. All night. Well, long. actually, we really are always here. Like, if you get sick, yeah. if you get really sad and lonely, you can just find us. We'll be there. That's true. Online at all times. You just call out our name. And if you uh, want to be extra safe, you know, say you go somewhere without Wi Fi, download an episode, subscribe maybe, and then you can listen to us in the middle of the woods as long as your cell phone's working. And yes. we'll be there yes. for you. Spotify us iTunes us, uh, uh, Google Stitcher, Play us, Stitcher, uh, whatever, whatever like, I don't method think Google you Play like. exists anymore. But it's free. We're free. We're free. We're free. For free. Well, we love you for free. If you do love us, remember to rate us. And we yeah. say that at the end of every episode, but I'm saying at the beginning as well. Not every time, just right now. Yeah. Because it's important that it helps more people find us. It's true. And because we're free. And we want to get it to all the humans around the world. So this episode is with Mei Ling, also known as Miss Mei Ling, the adorable Dom. And she is quite adorable. Uh, we made the mistake of not filming this one, and we totally should have. So that's our bad. But listen, because... And then you can also go to our website and see who we're talking about, because she she's is the adorable awesome. Dom. And she's a fucking badass. I learned a lot from her. And this episode also is one of those ones. It's just like a trigger warning. We talk about some things that might, I mean, we're talking about fetishes and kink and some of the pieces might be a bit intense for some people. And if you want to also like push your intensity buttons, it's something to definitely listen to. I typically get really uh, like my crab self. I'm a, I'm a cancer and I get really shelled up when I talk to a lot of BDSM folks and she really delivered information and it helped me feel comfortable enough to ask questions in the world that she works in that I've never been able to ask other professional doms before. I mean, of course, Orpheus Black, I've I've been really comfortable with asking him questions as well, but this is a totally different side of that spectrum. And it's because it does feel so strict. I'm always like, mom's mad. Uh, I can't ask the questions. I can be mad, mommy, but also she's also like a real human um, as are all all of the folks that are coming on her show and talking. Even if you're not into BDSM, I even felt like I don't want to be dom by a woman necessarily, but also I was like, I'd feel really safe with you. Yeah. So she knows her shit and we might talk about shit a little bit on there. And we also talk about fetishes and bondage and diaper play, diaper play, and also other things that might be more relatable to some folks. So DIY bondage. Oh yeah. Bondage on a budget. Yeah. Bondage. on That was cool. Yeah. Just stay tuned. You're going to love this. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, you'll love this. And okay. So you ready for a sex question? I am. I didn't read it. I'm going in blind. Here we go. I've been with my girlfriend for a year and we're getting married in a year and she doesn't like to give head, but I love to lick her pussy. I basically had to beg her to suck me off. She also doesn't like to do different positions. When I ask her to sit on the counter to eat her out, it's always met with a no. Sometimes she even says, I already did that with my ex. I'm so frustrated. How can I get her to open up during sex and try new positions? Also, she's never squirted before and I've made all my exes squirt. 
how can I get her to? Whoa. 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 Okay. Well, let's, let's You're like start. trying to pull the reins back? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you want to go rewind your slow horses mo. right there. <laughs> Cow human. Yeah. Um, there's so a lot of pieces Let's start there. with the first piece. Okay. First okay. piece number one, this person who I think is a penis owner who is uses he, him pronouns, he says that he, his partner is not interested in sucking his cock and he loves going down on her and she's not into it and he's had to beg her to suck his cock so let's start with that one okay so i feel like we need to put them all together first off uh, oh okay. you do oh okay because all i was like okay. we need to break it down so let's put that well let's let's connect them and then maybe maybe break them up because that one and then also she doesn't like doing different positions even when it's him pleasuring her like hey why don't you sit on this counter i'll go down on you she's a no so it's not that she won't have experiences sexual experiences with him it's that the experiences so the whole like i used to do that with my partner before was the thing right well then that's another piece so oh, there's also oh, okay. like oh i already tried that i don't like it i did that with my ex so she doesn't like to do different positions so there's one position that she particularly likes probably I, yeah exactly it sounds like if she's going to receive someone him eating her pussy it's probably some sort of position like laying down and that's okay but when it's outside the bed is my guess i don't know okay but when it's like hey can i try it here so here there wasn't here, any more no. there weren't more details no, that you no, did there's oh no there's wow no more details. okay okay and then there's the part about you that she's never squirted you made all your exes squirt mm -hmm. and how can i get her to squirt so the first thing that comes to mind for me is um thank you so much for writing in i understand why it'd be frustrating that you want to try all these things and pleasure your partner and receive pleasure and so and we'll work with that just don't don't give up on us yet and i would also like to invite the understanding that when there's any sort of pressure in sex for it to be a certain way or a certain outcome to happen, or like all of my exes did this, which she said, and you've also said, actually, this person also said all my exes squirt, you know, like, but you're not. So I mean, maybe you didn't say that to her. You're saying that to us. Uh, but this idea of like, well, this is how it should be. This is what's normal. All these other people did this or I already did that. So I'm good. That doesn't leave anyone feeling great. Whether it's I already did that with my ex, which brings up jealousy or like I didn't get to be there, all these different things. Also, the comparison container needs no. to, to leave. Yeah. Like there's no comparison. You're with this person now. An ex is in the past. There's some different things happening. You cannot recreate something. There, we're not robots. No. Right? This is and not, not everyone's the same. No. You just because all of your ex-girlfriends or partners were able to score. It doesn't mean that this person can the same way or, or it's something they even like or want to do. Exactly. So I guess we're going from the bottom up. Like, how can you get her to squirt? You can go and listen to our episodes on squirting. Go to shamelesssex.com. Look up the word squirt or squirting. But you can't. Exactly. You can find all these ways on how to try to do this, but it's not your job to make this person do it. And they have to want to do it. And so like the, it's not for up to, it's not for them to do for you. And don't, and if you're making it about you, like I want you to squirt for me, then that's somewhat problematic because that's pressure. Well, also squirting is something that even if that happened a, a time and time again with an ex-partner, even if it happened with this new partner one time, two times or three times or more, it, it might change. I've and changed. It, so I've had that happen too. in relationships. Yes. Like squirting and then not squirting. You can turn it year. on, turn it off. It's not something that you have a lot of power over. There are ways and techniques that you can kind of activate the squirting yeah. to happen, but it's not something that is, is a, a switch that you can, you can turn on and off. And it's not uh, for, for some a, people, at least for me, it's not, it's not a performance, right? It's not exactly. for a partner to be able to, to be like, I want this, you know, it's, it's, you could say, Hey, I'd love to learn to make you squirt but also like do you even want that 
You know, and if and you do, what would feel good for you in that context? Like, you know, are you laying down? Do we lay a blanket down? Do you want to just be an organic process of having sex or like you want us to try to like work at it and let's listen to some podcasts to learn about it? Also, I think it's so cool if squirting happens yeah. ever with this particular situation. That's that is like a shooting star or a com- some kind of comet that you don't get to see very often. That's special. It's the bonus. Yeah. So sometimes things can happen and it's a bonus and it's not expected. It's the candles on the cake yeah. that are created by hand that you, you can't get. They're so unique and specialized. Yeah. So let's not try to cookie cutter goal. something out and yeah. and make your partner feel like um, she's not like your ex. That's You can't make anyone do anything, by the way. And bringing it back. To, yeah, you can't make anyone do anything which we'll get to that uh, a point here in the, uh, the 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 previous part but then coming back to what so let's come to this person's side of what what she's saying about i already tried that with my ex that would break my heart i mean i would be like oh so i'm like hey april we're april and i are in a relationship a sexual one and i'm like april do you want to try this new vibrators i already did that with my ex i don't really like it and i'd be like Oh, and it would bring up feelings. It would bring up some jealousy being left out. And then also like, well, but your ex is a different person. And I mean, if you have a hard no, like it was April, do you want to try anal? And you're like, I did that in the past with exes. I really don't like it. I'm a hard no. I have to respect that. But I think there's a better way for someone to say, I already tried that out. I'm not that into it. But without, so I don't know, maybe, I don't know what your partner said. It's just like, I already did that with my ex. But, you know, a nicer way would be like, hey, I already tried that in the past. It's really not my thing. Like, I got really clear on that. It's just not my thing. I'm not open to trying it again. I, I think and you have to respect that. Yeah. The respect piece is really, is really great because maybe there's not enough novelty in that for your partner and she wants desire something maybe different and out of the box. So maybe you could try sitting on an Island, there right? You, you have an Island in your, in your house, a cutting board, put a cutting board on your coffee table and be like, do you want to sit on this? Why don't you get creative and be like, yeah, I'm going to set a scene for you and make it all lovely. And if you get rejected, that's okay. Know that there could be some, there could, maybe she's like, I don't want to do that. Or maybe there's a thing where she feels on too much on display and, uncomfortable yeah, like the stage right thing right because if you're on a counter and the lights and are it's all like bright. i'm going to eat you out <laughs> on the counter yeah. as w- the words that i'm using from this sex question yeah. when i ask her to sit on the counter to eat her out it's always met with a no maybe there's something there where i'm too much on display the overhead lighting makes me feel really uncomfortable maybe yeah. there's a deeper layer that you can get into so maybe you can set a different scene or ask a question and if it's met with i did that with my ex maybe there's more questions and you have to like, enter what was with that like what about yeah. that what about that didn't feel good? You have to be able to receive what they're saying, though. Like if you're going to be like, oh, my God, you just talked about your ex. And now I'm mad at you. Right. But you're inquiring about it. So you're like, what about it didn't feel good? Was it the, you know, the scene? Or like they don't have to describe the whole scene. But like, you know, or, and also like April and I talk about the yes, no, maybe list. You know, maybe a yes is you can lick my pussy when I'm laying on the bed of my back with my legs spread. A hard no is me on a counter with the bright lights on. And it maybe might be like a doggy style position or like on the couch or something. Or what? What about? About asking something so okay I understand the counter something you did in the past cool are you open to trying other places outside of the bedroom yeah. for me to pleasure you yeah, would well, you would, be open to that yeah well what, if so yeah. where do mm-hmm. you like the toilet hey. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go to the bathroom hey. 
I mean, well, it's a little awkward because you're kind of tucked under. Or but what about the shower? If you're the if shower, you want to be on display, maybe I'll get on my knees and I'll eat you out from below yeah. where you know we can set or or the bathtub. And Are the, you cool with this that? It's a really complicated thing because I think a lot of people they have their position where they come, you know, they orgasm, and they're also either afraid of the spotlight effect that April's talking about, or if I go on the counter, I won't be able to orgasm, or I'll be uncomfortable in this weird position for too long, or I'll be too exposed, you know, like I maybe I feel or more maybe comfortable. The top's cold yeah, there's cold. so many reasons there but like getting curious and this also comes to the she won't suck my cock thing you have mm. to beg for it they kind of go hand in hand both of those pieces what i'm reading is y'all need to have a deeper conversation about sex and if you haven't talked about sex you need to first talk about how to talk about sex like hey i want to talk to you about sex but it's really scary and i just want to open up that conversation on like i'm afraid to talk to you about sex or about so how can we create a safe space for us to talk about sex and then you start talking about these things like you know i really love going down on you and i like to try all these other positions i also want to respect you and where you're at but i'm curious what you know what would be feel good for you what is like yes no maybe be beyond what we normally do if there is anything and then if there's like a no i'm a hard no to just this then get curious about that but no persuading no trying to push someone outside of like their hard yeses and nos Um, and then same with the sucking cock thing you know it's just it's it's like a request but also hey i have it but there's a request and there's also like this is important to me not like i honestly i don't think anyone can say my deep desire is for you to suck my cock five times a day i'm sure a lot of people love that but be realistic so I, you know, I've, I've been thinking about something that's really important to me. I'm open to talking about it and I have a desire to receive oral sex and give oral sex more often. Are you open to at least just talking about that? Like not just doing it. Maybe she's going to be like, I want you to beg for it. I love when you beg for it. Yeah, there you And go. that could be hot. Could. It's a power play. And that's hot. And you'd be like, all right, babe, I'm going to beg you. Please suck my cock. Yeah. Please. Babe, or, please. Or, yeah, it's like, or it's like, what? And then and she's, she's like, like I yeah, just... get down in your knees and I'll make you beg. So that would be hot. And a lot of See? people are turned go. on right now. And if she's, just, but she also might be like, I just don't like doing it. A lot of people will say that. And then I would just be curious. But again, we're not persuading. Okay, I hear you. What about it do you not like? Is you know, because I'm curious about that. When people don't like putting mouths and genitals, is it like a sanitary thing? Do they feel like they're not doing it right? That there's pressure to do it for an hour until you come if you take a long time to come, or a, maybe a past partner took that long. You know, what about it feels really challenging or um, not? Appetizing? And what if you took off? Because for me, I personally had a very long affliction with providing being the giver of oral play because of trauma. I had some trauma when I was 15 around yeah. blowjobs. Someone pushing your head down. Someone so, pushing yeah. my head down, whatever. That's not about me, but it took me a long time, right? To like want to do that for a partner. And I've turned that into actually a really hot and steamy thing where now it's like with but my you're partner. you're in control though. Because I'm in yeah. control and I'm yeah. like, I want to suck your cock. However, if there's trauma behind anything with your partner that um, has to do with uh, providing oral it sounds like there might be a giving and receiving barrier on some level here, then that is something to discuss. And there's going to have to be an openness to share. But I will say that you can, not everyone. Which actually Maylene talks about eroticizing eroticizing challenging situations. And we've talked about with Kristen on the, uh, Kristen Tribby on the podcast about kind of taking your, some shame or trauma that's happened and turning it into a hot thing where it's like, I'm going to fucking own this. And Mei Ling 
great yeah. person and Which just not a heavy, a a heavy story where it yes. comes from and, and and she's the, the perfect person to listen to more yes. tips on how to so, do that eroticize the challenging trauma yeah i think that yeah. in general i think th- this is a multi-layered question i think we gave some really yeah like great, great answers appreciate this question if yeah. it sounded like we were judging you at all that's that's not where it, where it comes from you know I mean, there's obviously like some personal experience with certain things and your feelings are valid to have desires that you're not receiving or able to give and to feel frustrated with that that's a hundred percent valid and i and hope it's just that this partner is just a, about a dom in disguise and she's gonna be like you beg for that you beg me for i love that'd it. be awesome yeah. <laughs> anyway and now i'm into it now i'm into it okay well thank you thank yeah. you that was good good great advice amy too you too chip all right. Bio Bio it. All right. Mei Ling, a.k.a. Miss Mei Ling, is the adorable Dom. She is an international dominatrix, fetish content model slash producer who creates custom butt plugs. With her performance art background combined with kink and BDSM, she has taught workshops and performed around the world on the art of connecting with people with and without the use of words. Bringing fun to the strict BDSM realm, she guides others on how to play again. To learn more, visit MissMailing.com. That's M-A-E, everyone. MissMailing.com. All right, everyone, it is interview time, and we are here today with Mei Ling, the adorable Dom, and we're here to talk all about kink and fetishes and so much more. April loves when I say that, so much more, but there, I mean, it's endless, right? It's sex. So, uh, super excited it, yeah. for this topic, to, especially talk to the adorable Dom, lucky uh-huh. us. So, Mei Ling, even though our listeners heard a little bit about you in the bio, can you please tell us how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality? Oh, how I got here. That's a big story, but we have time. So I'm just going to tell you everything. (laughs) I actually started off with a pretty bad introduction to sex, which is I was raped and that's how I lost my virginity at 15. Oh, wow. I needed men and it shaped a lot of my life. And I had a bit of Stockholm syndrome and I was like, okay, I hate what's happening, but I also kind of like it. And then I got out of that because I was held hostage for two years too. Oh my um, God. God. So I got out of that and um, kind of found dance and alternative methods where there was like introducing touch back into my life. And I was just like, oh, men touching me. And then... I went into this rope class and a woman tied me and I was like, I love this. Can you show me more? And two days after that, she took me to a dungeon and I was just like, this is everything that happened to me, but like in a such safer, comforting environment. And yeah, I just felt like I found my people. And from then I built some trust with the opposite sex and to see them worship at my feet. It just was incredibly meditative and yeah, it it was really therapeutic and helped me to get to where I am today. Wow. That is a very powerful story and way to take your power back. I feel like that was unexpected entry into uh, knowing who you are as the adorable Dom. And thank you for sharing that. And 
Let's talk about May. Um, let's talk about in your perspective, how do you define kink versus a fetish? Ooh, everything is so intertwined. And I feel like you can't really split them in half. You know, nothing is black and white in this world. And a fetish, there's like all these things that people have, you know, probably in their younger lives that have like shaped this way into their thinking of like, oh, I know someone who was young and they just felt safe sitting on the floor watching their teacher play the piano. And he would hyper-focus on her feet pedaling on the keys of the piano. And that's how he got his foot fetish Hmm. as he grew older. And it was like a comforting thing for him to find like that motion. And then it just stirred up a little thing inside of him where he became sexually aroused when seeing it. A kink, there's so many things that you can do as a kink and have it not necessarily be sexual. People can do kinky things all the time. And we'll always say like, you know, in this trending world, like, oh, that's kinky or whatever. And it could literally be anything. It's like something that I personally do is going to the bathroom and making eye contact with my partner. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And people are just like, you do what? And I'm like, this is normal for us. You know, like we see each other. And people are like, no, that's my my private time. You close the door. You like, that is just like so unladylike. And I'm like, why though? <laughs> you know, we're not getting sexually off on this at all. It's just like a thing that we do that I find comforting that I find like, oh, this is like our thing. It's our quirk, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so yeah, you're the word quirk there. I remember it was Orpheus Black, I believe. He said it's a, it's basically anything that deviates from whatever you think is, he didn't use the word normal, but like the standard or, you know, any, and it's up to you to decide what that, what that is and what that looks like by like the, the twist that you took on that. And just, we have a lot of questions about fetishes and things, but coming back to what your the story that you opened with, that was really, really powerful. And so you're going, you go to a dungeon and in the dungeon that reminds you of your past experience that was really traumatic, you take the power back there. And so you're kind of you're reclaiming and rediscovering or discovering, but reclaiming who you are. And it has to do with this traumatic history. So you're talking about, you know, the kid who's watching the, the pedals, you know, so fetishes and kink and an interest in doing uh, these things that deviate from the norm, they can come from traumatic experiences. This is a question for you as, as well. Traumatic experiences such as your experience as that was highly traumatic as, or as well as positive experiences too, correct? It's any experience, any shape or form. It could be a traumatic experience. And I feel like those are kind of like embedded in you deeper, but it's anything that you have a strong reaction to right? It's anything that you have this emotional tie to that makes you feel something. So you're like, oh, wow, I remember this time when it could also be a smell, you know, like a certain perfume or like some type of food that you've correlated to some memory. And you're just like, oh, wow, that's really hot. And you mix that in with, you know, whatever kinky thing you're doing. And it's crazy. And kink is, you know, whatever is not outside of the norm. But now when kink is your norm, you feel like vanilla stuff is kinky, right? Because <laughs> yeah. like, So it's it's really whatever your perception of kink is. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the like the broader perspective of that and like the freedom that people can find in in uh, how they decide they want to define that. And just before moving on to the fetishist thing, I have one more question. Why do you think the, the brain and body does this? You know, like why, what, in your opinion, I know there's science behind this too, as in, in your experience personally, there was, you know, a healing aspect to it. But why do you think our brains can kind of like eroticize something or find something that was either either traumatic or that we just saw a lot of and turn it into something that we're like that we that is either really erotic or hot for us or like it turn it into a fetish or kink you know like where does it come from i don't know the neuroscience behind this but i believe that it's a coping mechanism a lot of people come into this stuff with a lot of shame and guilt and it just bogs them down from living their passionate lifestyle And instead, I'm like, take that, own it, embody it, and just do you. You know, as long as you're not harming anybody without consent or like Mm. in a negative way, just live your life and have fun. And I feel like once you accept that as a part of yourself and accept that as a part of someone else, right, as your partner, whoever, so many beautiful things can occur. And maybe not even having to understand why this occurs, but having the open understanding of like, oh, this is a little weird. And being open about the communication of how this weird thing can be incorporated into your life is a huge thing where you can just like explore yourself and others and changes your perspective of the world. And I think that's like more key than anything. Yeah, then perfectly understanding the why. Well, and so then coming to the why, we have this, this question was kind of about the why, but you know, you so so men wearing panties, for example, or clients who are. I think most of the people you work with are identifying as men or male or penis owning individuals. So why do you think your clients are into wearing anything that society deems as not masculine, like panties or dresses? Like, what is it doing for them? I think this is a time for them to explore the feminine side. I think society has created this giant masculine persona of like, these are the things that you have to do in order to be, you know, quote unquote, a man. And it's so harsh to live up to these standards, right? It's so harsh to be like, oh, but I'm not that but I have to be that because everybody else, media, whatever, is saying that this is what defines me as an individual. And it sucks like to have this giant blanket tell you something. And for people to come to me, I'm like their scapegoat, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't really want to, but she said I should. So it's like so much easier because someone told you So now it takes away their own guilt or idea of like, oh, this is myself. No, somebody's telling you to go explore yourself. And it's much easier to do it when you're doing it for someone else. Mm. When you do things for yourself, you're just like, ah, I'm going to procrastinate. I know I should do this, but uh." but when you collaborate, when you work with somebody else, when you, you know, spend time with your dogs, It's like, oh, I'm here for them, for their happiness. And you get joy out of that. 
So is it okay? So when you work with a client, if they're not into wearing panties, if they're like, I'm a penis owner, I'm not in, it's like, I don't fetishize putting on women's underwear. Is it not, will you work with them on kind of finding their fetishes or what they're like, because they're paying you, I'm assuming to like, I just, I guess, give me a day in the life. Like, (laughs) That's what what I'm trying to, because we asked the panty question. I'm like, whoa, I wasn't thinking when I think of a dom, I just think of like almost someone, you know, like, like with a whip or something. Yeah. Like, yes. Like definitely being like, you're dominating the situation, but like, are you humiliating them all the time? Is it letting, you know, yeah. Just what is the day in the life? It really depends on who I'm playing with. And it's really hard to have this again, blanket statement of what a dom is, right? People think dungeon whips, chains, and it's not that all the time. Sure. It can be that, but there's also so many different aspects of that. So I, when people come to me, I don't ask them what are the things that they actually like. I ask them, how do they want to feel? Mm-hmm. And that is such a key thing because you can do anything, but the intention and the emotion and the feeling that leaves or comes from that experience is what you're really after. So if you come to someone and you're like, I'm only here to get spanked and someone spanks you really hard and they're just like, oh yeah, I did the thing. I spanked him. But then the person leaves feeling like, oh, I didn't really feel like I had a connection or like, I didn't feel like I got disciplined. I didn't feel like I was getting spanked as like a warm up or foreplay to something else, you know? So the activity, the panties, yeah, sure. They're there, you know, but like it's there to coerce something more out of them. So back to the panties, it's like, sure, this person doesn't want to wear panties. Fine by me, but let's dig deeper into why they don't want to wear panties how does it make them feel and then i'll just like stick my finger in that and swirl it around (laughs) (laughs) i love that that so that's the how so that is great because that just gave me more insight because it's almost like um like you said, it's, it's giving them permission and it's almost taking your control away. I'm a control freak and being dominated to me. I love when I can be bossed around and told what to do, like put those on, go over there. Uh, I think that sounds liberating to me. And I'm sure going to someone that's a professional and the adorable Dom, and you're also adorable. It's Mm. like, Oh, okay. Whatever you say, it it makes sense to me now. So I I like the finger and swirled around there too. too. (laughs) (laughs) Getting some other visuals for that one. I'm like, Oh, what is that? What does that entail? I also, it reminded me of the work from Jack Morin, which is the, the, what is it called? The erotic mind, which is, is that the deeper question is it like, what do you want? You know, how do you want me to touch you? What do you want me to touch you like this? That it's more, how do you want, to feel when I touch you. And I I love that you're incorporating that into in your work. I don't know if I've really heard that from, I'm sure plenty of other Dom folks are, are doing that from that perspective, but that you're not even going. It's It, it also reminds me of, of Hakomi, which is the holistic psychotherapy method that you're not going in. It's not all about the story. Like give me, you fill out all these intake forms and it's more like, where are you now? And how do you want to feel? And how do we get you there? Yeah, I think that's, that's really cool. So for you, working as the dom in all these different experiences how does that feel for you in that role it feels like after a session I just walk away and being like I made a difference Hmm. it feels good 
Because I feel like oftentimes, especially in America, people are working all the time. And you get in this rat race routine of like, I have to do this, 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 this. And for this allotted amount of time where there's no distractions, there's nothing else but just us bonding, spending quality time, which is my love language, spending quality time together. It's just like, okay, I understand this person. I'm able to connect with them and everybody leaves happy whatever it may be, right? Like they may be crying, they may be like yelling, screaming, but at the end of it all, they just look up at me and they're like, thank you. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, you're so welcome. You did a good job, you know? Like we just did so much crazy stuff. And to feel them just like given, I was like, oh. I, it feels like I made a difference in someone's life, which is yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Seems like you are making a difference. I can just imagine someone just being like, yeah, like tied up in diapers and they look up at you and they're like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Do you find anything hot about what you're doing as well? I know it's fulfilling, but do you find anything like, like is it a turn on at all? It depends. Some things mm, I do it because it's super fun. Other things, like I'm very psychologically like up there. So I love to be turned on by psychoanalyzing somebody and by the words. Um, so I can kind of turn myself on when I'm dominating, depending on the things that I say. I'm like, oh, I feel it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there are certain things, um, depending on what I'm doing, that's just like, okay, now I have to take care of myself <laughs> afterwards. and. There's a thing where there's like tease and denial, right? Where you can tease somebody and deny them. And then sometimes I'll be like, feel like I'm denying myself too, because this is so good. (laughs) But I feel like it's all a practice in like self-determination and like your boundaries and all of that. It's just like, I could go forward. I could totally do this. But also let's think of the big picture. Okay great. I do this, 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 then you'll get the ultimate reward later. Right. So what are with boundaries? Like, what are some things that you won't do? Like if someone were some of the the fetishes and kinks that people might ask you, what are some examples of like what you already know for yourself as a hard no? Hard no's. I do not do any wrestling. Oh yeah. My friends do wrestling and I've gotten asked so many times, but I'm like, I am not that tall and I weigh 110 pounds, there's no way that I could really give you a good scrappy wrestle. You know, <laughs> it's realistic. just like I can hold my own, but it's not going to be like WWE, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's your hard no, just, just, re- I mean, like I totally get it for your body, but like, so, so if someone's like scat play, I'll do that. Yeah. All right. So you're just wrestling. This is awesome. (laughs) Another one is latex, which I used to wear and I still wear sometimes, but I learned that I'm allergic to it. Oh, oh yeah, that's there you go. That's yeah. a problem. That makes sense. <laughs> Work for ma- five hours and then my whole body just broke <gasps> out into hives. And I was like, oh, 
never mind. This is not yeah. worth it. Do they even <laughs> make like not so like not, or polyurethane or polyisoprene like not you know like they have condoms right like non latex condoms but for outfit suits? Yeah. They have Daytex. Oh, date. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually like a pretty nice, soft feeling on the inside. And then it looks and feels like latex on the outside. So I'm like, okay, huh. this is a great compromise. Still good. <laughs> so Amy mentioned, we, we talked a little bit about foot fetishes, but I wanted to just, before we talk a little bit more about it, about diaper play, because you said about someone looking up at, at the adorable Dom and saying like, oh, thank you. In a diaper. So what, yeah, so what is diaper play and why are people into diaper play? Is it feeling like a baby or is it just like I can, you know, relieve myself easily and not are have they to go to the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. He's wearing the diaper. Yeah. <laughs> It's dependent on the person. Some people are just straight up diaper lovers. They love diapers. It depends. It depends. <laughs> That's good. And others are age players, age regressors. So they like feeling, you know, back in however old they decide to be, you know, doing coloring books and whatnot. Just feeling like the whole, I have no control. I'm giving up everything to you, but to a whole nother level of like, I am quote unquote, physically incapable of taking care of myself. Mommy, please tell me what to do. Mm. Mommy, discipline me and whatnot. And the whole diaper aspect of it is when they put on a diaper, they feel comforted. They feel safe. They feel small and they can really let go and literally let go <laughs> and uh, do whatever they want. There's the feeling of, I like to mix it in with a multitude of other fetishes. So you can use diaper as bondage. If you layer so many diapers up, they cannot close their legs together because oh, nice. it's so thick. <laughs> um, that's really nice. If you, again, have so many diapers and you put them in a bath full of water and the diapers just soak up all that water, it becomes like a 25 pound weight that they're wearing. Oh, yeah. Ooh, creative. <laughs> Other ones is like using diaper as a chastity, right? People like to jerk off. Maybe they're excited and they want to touch themselves. They have a diaper on. Well, they can't really touch anything or the humiliation aspect of it where, wow, you're in a diaper now. <laughs> or same with the panties. They can wear panties underneath their clothes or they can wear a diaper under their clothes. And considering how thick a diaper is and crinkly it is, depending on where you are in public and walking around, that could be really fun as well. This is so interesting. I say, I'm so, I mean, I'm just always intrigued by, well, one, just humans and like their, their vast array of their interests and the things that turn them on or, and it might not even, I've seen it's like what you're talking about is mostly like some sort of erotic experience for them. And also you, you were talking about like kink doesn't have to always be an erotic thing too, but you're talking, this is kind of, so your diaper play would be more like a fetish than in more than like the fetish yes. world. Yes. Okay. Yes. Back in the day when um, Pure Pleasure, the uh, Pure Pleasure shop, my mom owns the, uh, and I own the online store, when we had the brick and mortar, this was after you left April. April worked there for a year. 
and we didn't have clothing at all at first. It was just sex toys. Um, and then we brought in some clothing. So we had a dressing room. This is not about diapers, but it's about a, a, a fetish. We had a dressing room and then we had what we, this person that we, what we called a lingerie wearing flasher, basically, who would come in and, and so this is a penis owning individual who wanted to try on like a corset or something. And so of course we weren't, we weren't going to be like, no, you can't try on a corset, but corset, you have to help cinch them. So they, you know, they go in the dressing room, they come in like jeans and a shirt. And so, and then when they're like, okay, I'm ready for you to come cinch the, cinch the corset. And when I, and this happened to myself an employee and my mom, I believe, <laughs> I think I have my mom, but at least one other employee. And so then we kind of had to keep an eye out for this person after that, but went in the room and he is now has full fishnets on boot, lace booty shorts, heels, and is asking us like, how, how does he, how does his legs look in the, you know, like his, and we're like, Oh, I see. And he didn't even buy, he didn't even buy the corsets by the way. And so, so, and in that, so I'm like, he needs to work with someone like you, you know, where someone who you're actually paying for something because this person wants to be seen obviously. And they're being seen in a way that isn't, exactly consensual because we didn't consent to it and it wasn't even like i didn't see their cock or anything like that this person's cock but so i mentioned something to an employee and then the week later it happened the same thing happened with them we we're like okay everyone remember this person the lingerie flasher <laughs> um, mm. but is this an example of someone who would really uh, benefit from working with you i think that if you want to have a true real experience doing something hire a professional Yes, you can always do it with your friends, your partners, whoever, but there's something about working with a professional, a master or whoever, who is an expert in something that is going to get you there further, right? That's going to really understand where you're at and take you there. But I probably wouldn't even take on this person because they don't even understand consent Exactly. Yeah. to do this, you know, like... No, everybody has boundaries. Mm -hmm. And for you to not understand the basic aspect of it is one thing. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, after that, I would just probably have a conversation with them and be like, hey, do you know that you could do this properly in a safe manner with somebody who would want to do this with you? Mm -hmm. And then be like, you can just Google up mistresses or doms <laughs> and then you don't have to come here. And if you do come here, please buy something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just don't flash us with your, I mean, yeah. again, like, it doesn't, it's a weird flashing thing. Cause it's not, we think of flashes like, here's my cock or here's, here's my nipples or something, but it was a it's reactionary. Yeah. They're trying to get a reaction. Yeah. yeah. Which is, or an experience well, of their own. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess they're both. Yeah. Same. Well, so do you fire, would you fire a client if they're not honoring your boundaries? Is that like something that happens on the spot or is it like, yo, we have a conversation after the session or are you like, you just broke the boundaries that we had already set and now you're fired kind of thing. Fire. I have <laughs> had multiple conversations with a few clients and that was when I was starting out earlier in my career when I wasn't really too firm or knew what my boundaries were. And then I was working that out with them. And now I have like, you know, book pages, rules of like, this is what I know about myself. And I've worked with several amount of people to know that this is not going to change for anybody. And there is no amount of money that would change someone's boundaries. And it feels really shitty when people will try to offer you money to push your boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's ugly. Mm -hmm. And 
if anything, you are robbing yourself of future money because you're just going to burn out real quick by taking that quick money. And it's not, it's not a good play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's a think great about long term. Yeah, yeah, the long the long-term aspects of not honoring yourself. I think that's a great way to think of it. When it comes to foot fetishes, because you mentioned the pedals on the piano, and I don't know if it was a client or, or a friend or something that you mentioned that they were it had a foot fetish because they were, were kind of hyper focused on the yes. Yeah, so yeah. it was like something soothing for them. So with foot fetishes, I and and I kind of know the answer, but for folks out there that maybe aren't familiar, it could be a range of different things from just seeing feet to feet opening things to touching feet, right? Um, can you just kind of describe a little bit about what, you know, foot fetishes are perhaps? And then um, do you do this kind of work? And why, why, I guess we sort of tapped into it, but any other reasons that you can think of that would have people being into that? Well, it seems like it's also more popular fetish out of like, yes, other than like more diaper com- players. More common. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like what, like what's up with that? No judgment so on you foot fetish people, but yeah. Yes. yeah why do you and I street, blame yeah. Quentin Tarantino for this. Uh-huh. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh-huh. He's made several incredible movies and, you know, he's just like really imprinting on his foot fetishes in certain uh, clips, you know, Uma Thurman wriggling her toes in Kill Bill and various other things like Selma Hayek pouring beer down her legs and like the guy drinking it off of her feet, right? So... That, I think, is one reason. (laughs) Another reason being, I think it's very easily accessible, right? Especially summertime, everybody's walking around in sandals and whatnot. And I never had a foot fetish before, but my clients, I've interacted with so many of them that now I am starting to notice people's feet and being like, oh, nice pedicure. Oh, nice blah, blah, blah. I also do dance. So I'm really into, I do ballet and the way they articulate their feet. I'm just like, you magical being, that's incredible. They can just move it like hands, you know, and the strength of it. That's what I'm like intrigued by. And so it, I do, I used to not partake in foot fetish play um, primarily because I grew up with siblings who were making fun of my feet all the time and various other body parts, which, you know, body shaming, not great, not fun. And then I actually learned to love my body again through sex work, through interacting with other people, and then through them telling me how beautiful I was. And then I got comfortable enough to do foot fetish work. And I was just like, this is nice. This is fun. This is really healing for me to see in their perspective, in their eyes. And so, yeah, it's, everybody has a different body type. Everybody has different body shape and different body parts that look different ways. And I think that's the beauty of it all, right? Mm-hmm. Like finding the correct person for you is great. I've actually dated a guy who, huge foot fetish. He has a twin brother also huge foot fetish. Hmm, I think it's also imprinted in their like DNA or something because they're both <laughs> twins. And I was like, you guys. <laughs> but one of them loves dirty, stinky feet. <laughs> I'm not even like, oh, beautiful, clean feet. He loves the stench. He loves the nastiness of it. And he will just gobble it all up. 
The other one loves perfectly manicured feet. So again, both feet, but both very different styles, I, I would say, of feet. Yeah. Time for a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors who just so happens to be our absolute favorite lube, UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious silicone lubricant and it enhances intimacy. It's there when you want it and it blends in when you're done with it. So you have control over that lube. It's long lasting and leaves the skin extra velvety. And honestly, y'all, I want it all over my body. Thousands of doctors in the U.S. are recommending UberLube to their patients. It's body-friendly, less likely to change the pH, and it has vitamin E, so it feels extra moisturizing. There's a reason why we've been a fan of UberLube for years. There's no flavor or scent. It's even great for oral sex, everyone. But it's not just great for sex. You can use it for massage, your hair. You can prevent chafing. It even brings out the colors of your beautiful tattoos. And the bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it anywhere shamelessly for easy access. Just go to uberlube.com and use the discount code SHAMELESS10 to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS10 for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by OMGS.com. Join over 1 million people who are experiencing more pleasure with OMGS. They take scientific research of thousands of vulva owners showing techniques to pleasure that pussy. They turn this research into tasteful educational short videos, animated modules, and infographics. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Want to take your orgasms from good to out of this world? Then check out OMGS. Or if you're a vulva lover and want to up your pussy pleasuring skills, then you need to check out OMGS. I've personally been recommending OMGS to my clients for years, and it's completely changed their lives. They have three seasons, external pleasure, internal pleasure, and sex toys. It's not a subscription service, and you don't need to download a thing. OMGS also makes a fabulous gift, and your purchase supports more pleasure research. So just go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. The link is in the episode's description. That reminds me of a trade show. I was at a trade show and I always grew up thinking I had the ugliest feet. I'm like, I have like one toe longer. I actually appreciate my feet now because people used to make fun of my feet. So I could never wear like those Tiva sandals that were really popular when I was younger. Cause I always thought like, Oh, everybody's looking at my toes. So I would always try to hide my toes growing up. And then I was at a trade show had been in high heel shoes, closed toed shoes all day. And you know, you are walking around, they're stilettos. And I had this really hot customer that totally, I was um, just sitting chatting with him after the trade show in my sweaty heels that were cute, but with my, you know, my toe cleavage hanging out. And he was like, Oh, your feet must be so tired. And he's like, took off my shoe. And he's like, can I give you a foot a massage? And Amy was Right next right there. Yeah. And then next thing I know, I was like, sure. So he's like massaging my foot. And I was like, oh my God, my feet are probably so stinky. The next thing I knew, he literally was like, had my foot in his mouth and was like licking this is, in between. This is in front of multiple people, by the way. A bunch of people. Yeah. And then he was like licking, I swear, the sweaty toe stuff 
that was in between my toes. And I actually was quite liberated by it because I had had such bad feelings about my feet for so long. And he's like, you have gorgeous feet. And that was when really my life changed with my love for my feet. Every time I see him at trade shows, still, I'm just like, would you, he doesn't want my feet. He wants hers. But I'm like, would you, and it was like a joke. I was like, would you like to pet my feet or something? He's just like, ha ha ha. But he's not interested in my feet. He wants April. Yeah. I was quite, it was, it was quite a nice experience. It was awesome to watch. And And I did want some things with my feet after that. I'm like, I was never a foot person. And I was married at the time. And I would ask my husband, I'm like, lick my toes because... (laughs) I was, it It was something that I didn't know would be a fetish for me. I haven't tapped back into that in a while. So this is kind of inspiring conversation for She's me. Gonna go get her toes like <laughs> later. Thanks for that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, and that's also leading to like, because we're talking about like the shame piece, you know, you do had a shame around your body, your feet. April had, had foot shame too. We have a lot of, get a lot of emails from listeners who have shame around their kinks, fetishes, they're interested from, like I have a belly button fetish, uh, a burping fetish, et cetera, all, all the imageries, all kinds of things. Um, what is your top advice for someone how they can embrace their fetish and live life with less shame around it? Other than working with you and getting their feet licked by a, a customer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you can either continually choose to live with that shame, which is like bogging you down heavy and prohibiting you from, you know, exploring and whatnot, or you could feel liberated, free and a happier life. And so I feel like the pros and cons are like pretty easy to choose, but making that step is pretty difficult, I got to say. And it's also finding the correct person to do it with, you know, because you could be like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then thinking like, okay, this, this is it. It's, I, I just need to do it. And then you do it with that person. And then it's like not the right experience for you. And then you'll just be like, well, that wasn't right. And now you're like lower from where you started, I guess. So Definitely do your research and find someone who has the same interest, someone who's going to have the same interest or be super stoked and passionate to share this with you is going to pull you into that direction of like, okay, cool. Let's do the thing then. Let's like see how crazy it can go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that saying you have to go to a professional to do it is correct. I think finding even a person who has no idea what it is, but has an open mind and it's willing to try, is it going to work out as well? I think that's great advice. And okay, so what if someone wants to explore their their kinks or BDSM and they're on a budget, which happens a lot. It's sometimes tough out there. What are their options? In this economy, (laughs) go to Home Depot, go to the rope aisle. Exactly. (laughs) You will find so much stuff at Home Depot. Obviously, (laughs) find things that don't have sharp edges or whatever. I'll just go through a quick few things that I actually use personally. Shoelaces. It is great for binding small parts. Mm. <laughs> like 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 a cock ring kind of thing exactly oh. yes safe you too because you can untie or cut it balls, off you, you can tie up a penis very easily with them another thing is 
using your surroundings. It's like being creative, right? And looking at what you have. So right now, what I actually see on my desk is a key. And that key could be used for a multitude of things, right? If this person is blindfolded, you can use the sound of the key to excite them to be like, this is a chastity key that I will hold when you're locked up and I only can have control of your orgasms, right? Or you can use the same very key and press it up against their body and that cold metal feeling, they'll be like, oh my God, it's a knife or whatever. It's a small dagger because your brain thinks like that, but it's just a key. Um, What else do I have over here? I have a bunch looking of around right now, looking around. <laughs> just looking around. I have a bunch of cables and if you, you know, fold them up a few times or whatever, you know, like a, like you normally do to store cables, mm-hmm. you can hold one end of it and hit the other person with it. And you can do that with a very variety of things, which will give you a different type of sensation. So maybe the cables will be a little bit stingier, but if you use thicker cable or whatever, or add even more cables, it'll have a thuddy feeling to that. I'm looking at a blanket right now. And that is a great introduction manner to get into bondage, Mm -hmm. right? It's like swaddling a baby. You just burrito wrap somebody up, maybe use your shoelaces to tie them up. See how they feel in that. You don't need to spend $500 on a body bag, Mm -hmm. right? You can create your own. There's another one. There's a plastic bag, (laughs) which can be used for breath play, which can also be used for water play, right? So if you add some water into it, well, this is like getting a little bit more over there, but just, you know, they say don't put a plastic bag over a baby's head for a reason. Mm-hmm don't do it over a baby's head, but you're an adult head. So you can definitely communicate that with your top, with your dom. And if you guys are feeling safe, you can play with breath control in that manner. Or if you don't want the plastic bag, you can even just use your hand. Your hand can do so many things. It can insert into holes. It can spank. It can hold a person's breath. It can be the blindfold. It can do so many things with just one or two hands. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I imagine people are going to play with that plastic bag or even just the breath play. You have to have some really good communication skills and pre-negotiated about how you're going to let them know that it is too much, probably like body language, some sort of tapping or something. So that, Definitely. Or, or, yeah, you got to be 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 safe about that one. I cringe though a little bit because I, I have like about not the plastic bag though swaddling in a blanket and being tied up because I have like if I can't move my arms or legs even when I'm sleeping at night in the bed I like have to have a leg out or exposed it's something my brother used to like lock me into in trunks when I was little uh to terrorize me and so I like not being able to know I can get out oh my god that freaks me out so much yeah I I, like freaks me I was like thinking about that I was like oh god yeah I like I'd be like no I like my breath be short of breath already whereas for someone else they're like yeah, hot. they'd be like, I'm stoked on yeah. it. And I would do it to someone else if they were comfortable with it. I'll watch you in a, in a, in a, in a positive but I be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, man, that makes sense. She cringed, but she'd still do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, maybe, just maybe because you're taking back your power, right? Your uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. But just because 
there is something that you're like, oh no, that's a hard no for me. It doesn't mean that it's a hard no in the other role for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can totally do this for other people, but I don't want it done for myself. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. I think that's the beauty of it, right? Just finding whatever clicks for you in that manner. And again, a trunk, a closet, whatever. You don't need a full-on dungeon cage. It's fine. BDSM on a budget. I was just thinking you could just op- go into your kitchen, just open up the drawer with all the utensils and you have so many different Absolutely. things for sensation. You have endless paddles in there, all kinds yes. of things. So yeah, that's that, that's that's awesome. So people can get I creative. Yeah, So many sessions with just in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need. And also if you all want to buy some fancy floggers and things, you can also go do that at purepleasureshop.com. My, my mom has a sex shop and I own it with her and you get 15% off with use coupon code shameless sex and you can also just use your kitchen <laughs> or a blanket they're putting kitchen stuff in the store yeah there you go uh, now sell silverware <laughs> that's not a bad idea um so if people want to work with you if they would would rather uh work with a professional which i think there are so many benefits to to spending the budget and and going to someone that you can trust that you've had years of experience with, um, how can they find and work with you? Definitely. Uh, they can find me on my website, Miss Mailing, M-I-S-S-M-A-E-L-I-N-G.com. And I think it's very important to spend the money to have this experience. People are like, why? I don't, I can't splurge like that. And I'm like, okay, don't splurge. And then have traumatic experiences and spend a whole lot of money and years on therapy and then try to get out of that. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Yeah. That's, I mean that it is, especially there's so many things we've been talking about here that talks about like the healing aspect of shame, of trauma, uh, embracing who you really are um, or healing something that was really painful. And like you said, yeah, you can spend years upon years in therapy. And like, I mean, I, I appreciate some talk therapy for sure. And I think the science is showing that the actual experiential experiences, having having actual experiences um, is where the real healing happens uh, for all, all aspects of, of our beings. So, so if, uh, yeah, fetish and kink is your jam, Miss Mei Ling over here, the adorable Dom is probably your jam too. And so, we, and so they can work with you online and in person or is it just online and in person? I definitely okay. prefer in person. There's nothing like controlling every aspect. You know, the smell, whatever they see, the lighting, whatever they hear online is good too, though, because then they get to understand and see who I am before they splurge on that aspect. And you're West Coast based. So and you could take a flight to go and do a session with Mayling. (laughs) Yes, I am in L.A., but I do travel quite a bit. uh, So I'm pretty international as well. All right. I love it. So no matter where you are, go to MissMailing.com to learn more about yeah, getting 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 less therapy and more experiential things out. <laughs> and maybe I'll be seeing you soon so you can lock me in a trunk. I'll work <laughs> through that. You're just freaking me not out when to, you say that. <laughs> not to say that like BDSM and kink really replaces therapy. Right. Yeah. Definitely have that as well. But I've had clients who are young who are like 20 something and they're just exploring their sexual self. And I'm like, good for you for doing this and finding out and learning more about yourself rather than 
living a life up until you're 50 and now being like, oh my God, where did the time pass by? And I'm just starting now and I wish I started earlier. Mm-hmm. So that's a really yeah. good point. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your story and for breaking some of the, I think the, I don't want to say the labeling that goes on between kinks and fetishes, but when people aren't in that world, they, there can be discomfort around thinking about what you, your, your thoughts of, of the foot fetish thing. Is that, is that weird? Am I, am I normal? And it's all okay if it's done in this consensual environment and then paying someone that knows what they're doing creates a safety layer that can, that can actually be really nice to feel comforted in. Like, I don't want my partner putting a plastic bag over my head and doing breath play, even though I trust him and love him. I'd be like, now I'd rather go to someone that uh, knows what they're doing. So um, this is this is why we love having doms on the show too. And I think you did a great job of sharing your wisdom with the folks listening and with us. So thank you, Miss mm-hmm. Mei Ling, the adorable dom for joining us. And thank you to all of our listeners out there, the shameless sex revolutionaries. We love each and every one of you. I say that every show, but I mean it every single time I say that. I say nothing that I don't actually mean. If you do love us and you tune in, if this is your first time or second time, or you're an avid listener, please review us on iTunes and Spotify. Give us five stars. It just helps people find folks like Miss Mei Ling that are that are actually therapists and <laughs> and beautiful humans that are helping the world be a better place, one orgasm or one slap at a time. So I appreciate all of you so much. And I appreciate you too, Chip, over here. I appreciate you too, Chip. I'm going to lock you in a closet. Thanks. I can't (laughs) wait. Um, So we will see you next Tuesday, y'all. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.